Hi, this is Walter Montero, and you're listening to this week's edition of the Real Estate and Mortgage Show. Hey guys, welcome to uh, this week's edition of the Real Estate Mortgage Show. Just wanted to address a couple things that we talked about last week with regards to the RSP season. RSP deadline is March the 2nd, which is Monday, this coming Monday. And um, some people were concerned about having to make a contribution before March 2nd. How do I find a mortgage to invest in before the deadline? Key here is you don't have to. Just make your contribution in a cash component into your self-directed. We can find you a mortgage afterwards. Don't worry about that. We can talk about it later. Okay, the key here is just making sure that you're in cash. Do not put it into any other investment vehicle except cash. We'll deal with the investment vehicle when you want to go into a mortgage. Okay, this week's show is an interview with my wife, Karen Montero. Karen is a mortgage broker. Uh, She's the broker of record for our company, Mortgage Alliance Maximum Results Financial Services here in Cambridge. And she is one of the smartest people I know in the mortgage business. I know what you're thinking. Hey, Walter, it's your wife. You're supposed to say that. It's true. I am supposed to say that. But I'm not kidding you. She really knows her stuff. It's amazing how many people... Our our phone rings off the hook all day for just people asking questions. Our own agents, okay? And and sometimes even our competitors. So it's quite quite funny. She's really knowledgeable in the mortgage business. You're going to enjoy this week's show. I pepper her with all kinds of different questions about mortgages she answers them and um, I hope you enjoy the show first of all I want to ask you about collateral mortgages what's the talk about collateral more who offers them who's doing them what what's going on with collateral mortgages do uh, we do them do, is, that, is that something that mortgage brokers do or what's what's the deal with collateral mortgages well mortgage brokers do collateral charges um, I can't speak well for first it. of all what are they okay So basically a collateral charge is put on by the bank and it's usually for 100% of the value of the home. So if you've got a $200,000 home, the mortgage that they register on that home is $200,000. They say that it is for future borrowing so that you don't have to go through appraisals and, and all this other stuff. Having said that, not really, that's not really the truth. What the banks do is they are putting it on there to tie you up with them and now you basically can't get out of that mortgage unless you pay an extra fee. So it's more for retention than for anything else for the banks. Who's doing it? TD, Scotia, RBC. They all have a product of some kind that uh, incorporates it. Tangerine does it, National Bank does it. Some mortgages through BMO and CIBC are registered this way as well. So pretty much all the big banks are doing it. So if I have a collateral charge on my house, I got a mortgage with a collateral charge. What what does that what does that enable me to do? Well, you it enables me to to go and get money from that same lender if I want it. So it's my line of credit, so to speak, is already set up. But what if I'm not in a position to be able to get a line of credit? Something happened with my job or maybe my credit or something like that, or I want to switch out the mortgage. Is that where the problem comes in with collateral mortgages? Where, where does the problem come in? Exactly that. The problem comes in with the new rules that are set out now. You can only go up to 80% loan to value for a refinance. So let's say you're buying your first home right now. You're putting down 5%. CMHC is throwing on another uh, 3.15%. So technically you've got 1.85% equity in your home by the time's all said and done. Yep. Five years from now, unless you get lucky and get to make a lot of extra payments, your house is 
you're, you're still going to probably be sitting somewhere between 85 and 90% loan-to-value. Again, who knows what the market's going to do, if it's going to increase in a ridiculous manner or, or just be a steady clip at, you know, 3%. So at the end of the day, you're not even, you're not even going to be in a position where you could do any kind of refinance. So for the, the first-time buyer who's putting down 5 10%, the collateral charge is, is going to hurt them in the fact that they can't go back to that lender and borrow any more money they can't set up a line of credit or anything because they're more than 80% loan to value. So when they decide that, let's say, they get their mortgage from TD right now, they get put into this collateral charge, and now after the end of five years, they decide, hey, I want to go to another lender. I see somebody else you know, is going to give me a better deal. You can't just switch out of that collateral charge. You have to then pay legal fees to get out of that collateral charge. So, which, if th so if there was no collateral charge, I wouldn't have to pay the legal fees? That's right. You can just switch from one lender to the next. The other, the new lender that you're going to picks up the costs and you do a no, you know, what we call a no-fee switch. But if you're in a collateral charge, what happens is you either pay legal fees and you're not in a position to be able to refinance because you don't have any equity, you don't have enough equity yet. So you pay these legal fees or what some of our lenders have done is they'll allow you to switch in, but instead of getting the best rate, you pay a little bit more on rate because they pick up the legal fees behind the scenes. So one way or the other, you're paying for it. That's right, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it, it obviously sounds like a shell game. This is a game that the banks are playing, basically. They, they've cloaked it in the sense that they, they're preparing you or they're helping you with this so-called additional access to your equity, but really what it is, it's a retention tool. So it's it's more for them than it is for for the customer. That's right, because the yeah. banks okay. want to the banks want to keep you as a customer. They say that in the first five years of their mortgage, they're really not making any money off of you. And let's face it, at the low rates that we have today, you know, they're making some money off you. Let's face it, they don't have billions of dollars in profit every quarter for nothing. But where they want to hit you too is they want to keep you with, uh, you know, they want to wrap you up. And so all of a sudden they start giving you credit cards and uh, bank accounts and all of this stuff. So when you do think about switching out, then, you know, not only is it you're, you're having to change all your bank accounts and everything else, you're now having to pay these legal fees. So it's, it, they're keeping you a prisoner in, in, all, in, in all intents purposes. I see. Okay. So what other games are the banks playing? Are they, are they playing games with, with the borrowers? or? Well, penalties are a big thing in regards to how our lenders, which are referred to as monoline lenders, uh, how they calculate penalties is a lot, your penalty ends up being a lot less than if you go to a bank. So, you know, I, I pretty much have to draw it on a, on a board for, for you to really understand. It'd probably be better for someone to call you and, and call, you know, come in and see me to, to be able for me to be able to explain it better. But the long and the short is monolines work off discounted rates. So we don't look at posted rates, whereas the banks work off posted rates. So through their own formulas, when they're figuring out a penalty, they're basing it on posted rates and the discount that they gave you at the time that you got the mortgage with them. So, for example, a $200,000 mortgage that needs to get broken, then, you know, again, kind of hard to do it. I can't really show it to you on, uh, you, can, you know, can you, verbally. Can you, can you put together an illustration we can send people? Sure, absolutely. Right. Okay, yeah, so perfect. So if somebody wants to copy that illustration, they can just email you, Karen at MaximumResults.ca, and they just put in the subject line, send me the illustration. Yeah, and then that's you can fine. send it. Okay, yeah. perfect, excellent. Yeah. All right. But you're talking th you're talking thousands of dollars in difference in regards to the penalties. Okay. All right. So, uh, what about 
cheaper. Something once in a while you see these lenders come in, you know, especially the big banks that come in with really cheap rates. Is there any gotchas in those things? What's the deal with, you know, sometimes even BMO will do it. You know, they'll give you this crazy cheap rate and then all of a sudden everybody's just going nuts over it. Is there any gotchas in those types of mortgages? Yeah, there's a lot of what we call no-frill mortgages out there right now. So what they are, are they have uh, they might have a, a clause in it that you can only get out of that mortgage upon a bona fide sale of your home. So you can't refinance, or if you do want to refinance, you have to refinance with that institution, and you still have to pay a penalty. Um, they offer less prepayment privileges. So where they norm on their standard mortgage, they might offer you a 2020 prepayment privilege. They might have cut it down to a 10 and 10. The other thing is, is sometimes they'll allow only monthly payments. So, you know, it, you, you pay off a lot, uh, you pay the mortgage off a lot quicker by going with bi-weekly and accelerated payments. Now they're only allowing monthly payments. So again, they collect more interest off of you. Um, sometimes they cap the amortization that you're allowed. So there's, there's a lot of uh, fine print that, uh, that you need to be aware of. It's not just all about rate. Okay. So the rate is almost like, uh, it's almost like the cheap drug and, and then they, they get you hooked, so to speak. Well, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't profess to know anything about uh, all kinds of different sciences. I'm going to go and I'm going to get information about this. The problem with mortgages is it's, it's, it's a money situation that a lot of people don't like to talk about. They don't understand how mortgages work. They don't understand how the compounding of interest works. And they don't want to. They either don't want to know, or they simply don't want to look. Think that they look like a fool by asking the question. So all people really get concerned about is rate. They don't look at the other stuff that down the line, you know, three years into that mortgage, they have to break it for whatever reason, and now they can't because they're not selling their house, or you know, they've got these huge penalties, which is again sometimes what the the no frills product has. It has often has a, a higher penalty that if they want to get out of that mortgage. Uh, before the term is up. So, you know, everybody goes on and on about rate, but they forget to look at the fine print that could down the road cost them a lot of money. Okay. Okay, that's good. I wanted to ask you another question. Income. What income does a bank count? What don't they count? This has kind of gone all over the place, especially in the last little while with the rule changes. What can we count as income towards qualifying to a mortgage? Okay. If you are a salaried employee, then we can count your salary. It has to be a true salary, and we need an employment letter stating what your salary is. We need a pay stub to back it up, and sometimes the lenders even ask for a T4 or a notice of assessment to, to verify that that is indeed your salary. If you're an hourly employee, then very few lenders, or sorry, very few employers will say we guarantee you hours, because they don't want to get stuck in that in case you come back to say, well, you guaranteed me hours on my letter, but now you're cutting my hours. So a lot of the lend or a lot of the employers, when you're an hourly employee, they won't guarantee your hours. So then what they're what the lenders are looking for is a letter of employment, a current pay stub, as well as your last two years uh, tax returns. So your notice of assessment or your T4s, just so that they can verify that you are doing the steady amount of hours that the job letter claims. Um, also, if we're looking at overtime or bonuses, we have to have a two-year history of that. So if you've only been at your job for one year and you've been doing a lot of overtime or possibly getting bonuses, we can only go off your base pay. We can't, we can't include those bonuses or overtime because we need to see a two-year history that this is, this is something that's going to be sustainable. 
Okay. Um, you've got a lot of contract workers right now. So again, they want to see that you've got a two-year con- two-year history of a contract. So you know that's that's important. If you're a part-time employee, if you're guaranteed a certain number of hours, then we can use that as a guarantee. But again, they're going to want to back it all up with the job letter, pay stub, two years tax returns. Um, and this is again backed up with a phone call too, right? Yeah. So let, if they're the using overtime, call. let's say they're using overtime. So the last two years, employees had great record of overtime. And uh, then uh, what ends up happening is the lender calls in to verify employment, asks a whole bunch of questions about the income. Yeah, everything's good. And they talk about overtime. They go, oh, yeah, he did get a lot of overtime. But this year, there's no overtime. What will that do? Will that affect the, will the lender come back and say, hey, now we can't go on overtime because there's no more overtime? It's very possible. It very well could happen. Because you know as well as I do, that's happening right in our city right now. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, they, they they may... Look at that and 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 take that as uh, as part of it. The other big thing for employment that people forget is probation. Sometimes mm. people think you know they just get a new job, so they get excited because they're making more money. Oh, let's go out and buy a house. Well, the average probation is is three months. Now, having said that, there's a lot of companies out there, especially governments, uh, government jobs, etc. They're putting in sometimes a six to a one year probation. So the problem is, is if you're on probation, you can't, you know, most of the time we're not getting these deals passed. If it's a really strong file in the fact that it's a, a job that, you know, the guy can quit tomorrow and go pick some work up somewhere else and he's got really strong credit and they've got a good, you know, two-year history of, of steady employment in that same line of work, they may make an exception on the probation doctor engineer something along those lines right? well those are professionals that's a whole different thing i'm talking about a welder let's say okay you know i i had a deal today where the guy's on probation till till may but they're they're letting it go through because he in the, over the last two years he's been in the same line of work highly employable he's highly employable okay. so yeah so they make exceptions in in stuff like that but being on probation you got to really be careful about that because a lot of times people don't even realize they're on probation okay okay i i think we're clear on that now what about ratios lending ratios the tds the gds that's all changed in the last couple of years and i think people have a real hard time getting their head around the old 30% and 40% GDS, TDS, that's all gone out the window, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah so so what, how does that work now? Well, they base it all on the Beacon score of the client. So basically the Beacon score is a credit score that we get when we pull credit. Anybody with a score under 680, our GDS max is 35, our TDS max is 42. If you've got a Beacon score over 680, they'll let us go 3944. So basically the higher the score, the better the credit risk. And therefore, they allow you to go to stretch the uh, ratios a little bit because they've had they've got a good history of, of paying debt. They're credit responsible. That's right. Okay. Okay. So basically, it depends on your credit rating. If you have yeah. a if you have a lower credit rating, you can't use as much of your income. If you have a good cre- a really good credit rating, you can use more. Yeah. Okay. Refis. Obviously, big changes in refis. Mm-hmm. What's the deal with refis? Well, with refinances, we can only go to 80% loan-to-value. So before we could go... Well, before, I mean, 
couple years ago, we could go as high as 95. Well, mm-hmm. that, then they cut it down to 90, then they cut it down to 85, and now and now, now we're at 80. Now we're at 80. Okay. So most lenders are doing appraisals yep. um, because they just don't want to take the risk and, and just let it go through the system and see if it red flags or not. So for, so for the most part, we're having to do appraisals on refinances. The occasional one will slip through without the request for uh, for an appraisal, but for the most part, that's what we're looking at. So, you know, if your house is in a neighborhood where the average house sells for 400, you can't come, you know, if you tell me it's worth 450, chances are that's not gonna fly because they're gonna be comparing you against other houses that have sold. Appraisals are gonna happen. The appraisal's gonna happen and they're gonna pull back what the value is and then we can only go up to the 80%. Okay, so let's say I, I can only go to 80%, but I really need 85%. Do I have a solution? Where can I go? What can I do? Yeah, we have a, well, there's a couple solutions. We can look at a, a cashback mortgage, which would put you in a higher interest rate, but would then give you 5% cashback. So you'd be almost at 85%. So you could use that extra cashback that you're getting to pay off the extra debt that you needed to to make the numbers work. Okay, um, so I can So there's cash- that option. The other, the other option is to get a second mortgage. Okay. Now, the rate will be higher, but at the same time, if we can get the first part of the mortgage up to 80% at a good rate, then that small little bit that we need to clear off all your debt is still going to be at a rate lower than what you're probably paying, because most likely it's credit card debt at 19 to 25%. Mm-hmm. So Even 30, yeah, even 28, 30, Yeah, I mean, your Sears cards yeah. and all that go up quite high. Yep. So, I mean, you got to look at, you know, you got to look at cash flow as well. You can't just look at rate in, in regards to that. You want to be looking at what your, what your cash flow and what you're ultimately going to be achieving at the end of the day. Okay. Now, in terms of getting any more than that, from a private sources, the chances are I probably won't get it, right? Um, you know, in the GTA area, they can get up to 90 just because of the way that the, the market the market's is there. Crazy it's, there yeah. it's a little bit crazy there. Um, in our area, the, the comfort level is still 80, but they, you know, you do have some lenders that will go to 85. 85? If the, we have 85 lenders here. Yeah. 85. Yeah. Okay, good. Perfect. Okay, that's good. Um, another question, no down payment. Is it still around? What's going on with no damp? Can I buy a house with no damp payment? Yes or no? Yes, you can. Okay, so how do I do that? Okay. The government doesn't do it anymore. I can't get a 100% mortgage. So how do I buy a house with no down payment? You've got two options. One is we've still got a small handful of lenders that are doing uh, cash back. So they do a 5% cash back and they allow you to apply that cash back as the down payment. So I borrow 95% or I get a 5% cash back. So it's not quite the 5%, but it's close. Yeah, it's close. Okay. So so there's that route, but you've got to have excellent credit, positive net worth. There's there's quite a few stipulations in regards to qualifying for that. It's not just just anybody that can get that. What about my closing costs? You have to come up with your own closing costs. Can I borrow them? No. I cannot borrow my closing costs. Can it be gifted? No. It cannot be gifted. No. So mom and dad are paying for my legal fees and my... Land tra- well, if I'm buying for the first time, I won't have land transfer tax, but, well, up to $2,000. So it has to be my own sources. Yes. You've and got to I, have a little bit of skin in the game. And I can't put it on my credit card. No. Okay. So it has to be real money that I have. It has to be okay. real money. And we ask for a three-month uh, bank history to show that you do have that money. And any odd deposits that are put in will be questioned. Okay. So it's a pretty strict program. The okay. only other route to do it is what we call a, a flex down. 
So let's say you've got a $10,000 line of credit that's sitting there with no balance on it. Again, you've got to have a good credit score, positive net worth, all that other stuff. So let's say you want to borrow off your line of credit for your down payment. We do have to work that payment into the, the mix, ratios, into, into those the ratios, ratios that but, we were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah, but you can get the better, you can get the discounted rates. Oh, so I see. So okay. now you don't pay the higher rate like you do with the with the cash with the cash back. Because yeah. um, with the cash back, you're taking the higher rate because they're giving you the cash back. So in this way, you're borrowing your own, you know, you're borrowing money from an alternate source. Let's say it's a line unsecured line of credit, so you can get the the rates of today, so to say. Okay. Uh, RSP program. We can still do it, obviously. Yep. Okay. And it, now we're coming down to the crunch. This is tax time, number one. And uh, we're within the last couple of days of RSP season. So somebody can go out, borrow the money. How does that work? Tell, tell me how it works. Okay. Well, you're allowed $25,000 under the current guidelines to pull out of your RSP to put down as a down payment without being pay penalized tax-wise. Okay. So if you've got your own RSP money, then yep. that's what you're, you can look at. But if you've got, you know, I don't have any RSPs and I want to be able to participate in this program for a down payment, I mean, the long and the short is the same thing. It's almost like having that unsecured line of credit, only that, you, you know, by doing it through an RSP loan, you're going to generate a tax return back to yourself, hopefully, depending on what tax bracket you're in. So you go out, you get a $10,000 RSP loan, you've got to pay it back over the course of five years. You know, that's going to cost you $201 per month for the next five years to borrow that $10,000. So that money then has to set up, that money then goes into the RSP and it's got to sit there for 90 days before you can use it. Okay. okay. Yep. So, you know. And so then, it's got, and then that you, RSP has to exist for 90 days before I can use it as a down payment on the house. That's right. I yeah. see. Okay. Yeah. All right. So if I go out and borrow, say, twenty-five grand. And uh, I, now I have 25 grand in my RSP. That RSP has to exist for 90 days before I can close on the house, right? That's right. So if I do a deal on a house today, I have to make sure that that deal is out 90 days from the time I went firm, right? That's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Perfect. I, I think I covered everything. Obviously, you know, some of the stuff that's going on out there, mortgage brokers are definitely the way to go over a bank. I think we're obviously we're a little bit biased here, but I think obviously the there's quite a bit of benefits to dealing with a mortgage broker. What's the benefit of dealing with a mortgage alliance maximum results mortgage broker? What what does somebody get as a result dealing with the TMAC family? Well, we have access to all the lenders, so you're not limited. If there's a certain credit union or something that you you know that we feel is going to best serve your your needs, then we we have access to all of the different lenders out there. So there's really not anybody that we can't go to to get your deal done. Um, in regards to our company, we've won the Reader's Choice Award for Best Brokerage in Cambridge, which is the, the uh, Diamond Award. We've won that since 2008, all the way up to 2014. So we're obviously doing something right yep. if we continue to, uh, to win the top award for top brokerage. I've won for top broker. So, you know, I don't profess to know everything. I want the record to show that what she just said. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't and whoever I sold my encyclopedias to, I need them back. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I if I don't know something, I'm going to find something. We, we do pride ourselves on our customer service. We go above and beyond. We always want our clients to know that if they have any questions, concerns, anything, we are here to help them out. 
we get a lot of clients calling us, you know, two, three years into their mortgage, you know, wanting to make changes or whatever. We're here to do that. We're not going to just tell you to call the lender back and, and you're on your own. We do want to make it a, a stress-free experience, if, you know, as much as possible. And uh, again, we're, we're here to help. We shop the market to make sure that we get our clients the best deals. And we actually want to know what your goals are, your future goals are, etc. It's not a matter of just slapping you into a five-year fixed and saying, see you in five years. We keep in touch with you. We offer annual mortgage reviews to make sure that, you know, to make sure that you're on track to meet your financial goals, which is something that not too many other brokers do. We keep in touch with you on a regular basis. And, you know, we want you to know that we're always here. What about the $100,000 award there? That's still around? Yeah, everybody who does a mortgage through us, and this is through Mortgage Alliance. Mortgage Alliance, yeah, which is across are, the country. Across the country, yeah. they are put in. Uh, they are put in a draw for to win a hundred thousand dollars off their uh, mortgage. We actually did have a client of ours win back in two thousand and nine. It's done by a third party company, so again, there's no bias in regards to who could potentially win. Yeah, they've got the their rules really in place. Oh to yeah. The, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, okay, good. Yeah, so we've got that, and you know what? We also run a lot of our own contests uh, internally with our own clients, etc. This year's our 10-year anniversary, so we're running a content, we're running a, a promotion with that in regards to, uh, you know, doing two products with us and being able to get a trip or we do a donation in your name to uh, a charity. So, mm, okay, good. you know, so we Perfect. do, we're always looking for ways to add value to our clients. Good. Okay. And how can somebody get a hold of you? They can give me a call, 519-624-9222. Or they can email me, Karen at MaximumResults.ca. And what's, what about a website? Yeah, Do you have web, a website? Website, kwmortgagebroker.com. Okay, perfect. Okay, Karen, thanks.